Welcome back, campers, to another episode of Pod Talk Jam and Break here on the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network, your high school musical, the musical, the series, rewatch podcast, or actually first watch podcast. Uh, my name is Felipe, and today I'm playing the role of EJ as the director trying to start drama between these two lovely co-hosts. I'm kidding. Uh, we are joined by two of the three members of your favorite crazy ex-girlfriend rewatch podcast, one indescribable podcast. Lindy and Todd are here, or should we call them my producer, Corbin Blue, and their producer, uh, Channing. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I getting to be on the Brazilian a, a Dragon podcast. I, it's like on my things to do before I turn 48 list, so now I can uh, mark that off. So thank you for asking me on, Felipe. Of course. Yes, I'm glad I could uh, make you feel better, Richard, Richard Bowen. Um. <laughs> And Lindy, how are you doing? I know you love to antagonize young children, make them compete against each other to be uh, uh, Elsa and Anna as the young versions. Well, I was doing great until you said that. Uh <laughs> I just came in here and was like, let me start some drama. Let me be the chanting of the episode. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Reality TV drama. You really can't start drama between me and Todd. Like we're okay. <laughs> like we get along well. Like this is a great group. There's no drama here. We're all we're having a great time. Yeah. Okay, I'll go talk to Adam and Jess Sterling and maybe I can get drama <laughs> between them. I was about exactly. to say, you, you need to bring in our other co-host, Adam. And if, you, if you'd had Adam and Lindy on here, there would be drama immediately. So yeah. uh, so first things first, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Lindy, you're returning to the podcast. But Todd, let's start with you. What is your history with High School Musical and Musical Series? And more importantly, who are you for any newcomers to the Todd, the librarian experience? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, hi, I'm Todd, the librarian. I am a librarian. Uh, I've, uh, I'm a big pop culture junkie. I love all sorts of uh, pop culture, uh, but like my big three are comic books, horror movies, and musicals. So this obviously falls into uh, the musical section of things. Although it's Wait, kind of, it's not a horror it's a movie I thought a, after last week it was. Uh, it feels a bit horrorish to sit through sometime, but a, uh, nah. Uh, but no, uh, in terms of like Disney Channel stuff, uh, I'm not a big Disney guy in terms of like, as I didn't have cable growing up, so I wasn't really, you know, watch a whole lot of Disney stuff. Disney Channel original movies, I kind of miss most of those, but one of the few, like I've watched a few of the franchises. I've seen The, the Descendants, the Teen Beach movie, because again, musical, uh, Halloween Town, because again, horror, and High School Musical. So I've seen the first two High School Musicals, uh, and I enjoyed them. They were like, weren't my favorite thing, but I enjoyed them. And then whenever this came out, kind of like Mike Bloom talked about, like, oh, there's not a whole lot on Disney Plus initially, but there's this uh, High School Musical, the musical, the series. It's a TV series, musical. I like musicals. I like teen drama comedy stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I'll give it a try. And I really enjoyed the first season. I enjoyed most of the second season. The third season is definitely a show on uh, the <laughs> Disney Plus. So That is a uh, fact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I've been uh, podcasting for a year now uh we lindy and i uh you know started uh, the one is called podcast with our friend adam a year ago uh so it's been uh, a, a fun ride i got to do uh guest on a few podcasts since then so it's been been a been a fun time 
Yes, Lindy, last time we talked to you, you were a podcast newbie. Now you have over a year under your belt as a podcaster in your own right. How you been, Lindy? And what are your thoughts on since we last heard from you? I believe you were season two, episode 10. So anything that you've thought of since then, High School Musical-wise? Yeah, well, first of all, Felipe, I really owe my, you know, my own podcast with Todd and Adam. I owe that all to you. Like, it really... You know, you having me on your podcast, I told Adam about it. And then we were talking about like, oh, what if we did a podcast? And it just all snowballed from there. Um, so thank you so much for inviting me last summer. Um, oh, that really cool. kickstarted this fun journey. I appreciate it. Like, I, I didn't know that that was like an inspiration. I thought you just were like, oh, let me just do a podcast with my friend. And not knowing that it had like you excited about doing more podcasts. So that that's awesome to hear. Uh, and I loved our episode last year, uh, episode 10. That was the one right before, uh, that's the one where Ricky fell, right? Yeah. I remember that so well. Like, you know, he fell and we were like, oh my gosh, he's going to be so hurt. And then it was like, literally nothing. Like, (laughs) and surprisingly, Ashlyn got hurt as well, which we didn't even see on the episode. So this show was a mess Um, and I love it for it. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I've been listening to your podcast this season, and I have to say, I think I'm enjoying it more than, you know, you are and Todd is and everything, just because the stakes are, like, so low for me. It's just a fun show to watch. This is, like, the summer camp season two. Honestly, maybe we shouldn't think of it as season three. Maybe we should think of it as, like, season 2.5. It's just this fun summer camp, different characters, you know, I'm fine with it. I'm enjoying it. So I'm excited to have you both here because I feel like Lindy's going to be the good angel and Todd's going to be the devil and they're going to fight and I'm going to have to figure out how I feel about the show and probably just end up where I ended up at the end of at the start of this moment, five minutes, 42 seconds into the podcast. At the end of this podcast, I might just be where I am right now. But we'll have fun regardless on the way. So Todd, just one question. Did you see High School Musical 3? Did you say that or no? No, I So you're like Corbin Blue. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the many ways I'm just like Corbin Blue right there. Yeah, you're our celebrity guest. (laughs) Um, We're also all reality TV fans, so we probably have things to say about this episode with the Big Brother reference, uh, a lot of Nick Vial references. So, um, is it Nick Vial or Nick Vial? Or neither of you? Is that like The Bachelor? I I don't watch that, so I don't actually know. Protect your peace, Lindy. I watched it for a number (laughs) of years, and then I jumped off. I was like, this show is too much for me. And right, I just like watched I, it to be in the zeitgeist with pop culture. I already watch so much TV I'd rather not watch, like Big Brother. So, like, I just gotta <laughs> stay away from other stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't tend to watch any of the dating reality shows. I watch a lot of reality TV, but I basically stay away from most of the dating-style reality shows. So I'm not a big Bachelor aficionado. As you should be. Protect your peace, everyone. Literally, those shows are garbage. And like I said, I was only watching it for uh, to be in tune with society and the conversation that was happening around me. Because I feel like that's the reality show that my friends would watch that weren't in the community we're in. So it was like, okay, I can talk about my love of reality TV, but hide it under the presumption that I watched The Bachelor, which I really did not. I kind of more hate watched it, but <laughs> this is not a Bachelor podcast. That's for Haley and Amy to discuss over there. Check their podcast out. Let's talk about season three as a whole. So general perspectives. I know we got Todd saying it's a season. Lindy saying she's enjoying it because of the low stakes. But like, what are you, let's start positive. What are you all enjoying about season three? 
Well, as always, I love Gina. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, this is a spoiler, but she's probably going to be my MVP vote. Okay. And just to yeah. give everyone a heads up, we're talking through the first four episodes of season three, about halfway through the point. So if you haven't caught up, just go binge watch and then listen to our podcast. Yeah, I, I'm with Lindy there. I think Gina is definitely one of the high points uh, for me this season. One of the things that I've appreciated is that it hasn't gone the route of her being all jealous of EJ and being upset that he's not paying attention. She's been super understanding about the whole situation. And it's just been like the way that that storyline has been handled. I've been like very, very uh, happy with. So that's definitely a big positive for me. I think most of the songs this season have been like the original songs uh, on the whole outside of the, the scary camp song, <laughs> which was just like a, uh, such a misfire. Uh, was it a country that, song? Yeah, it was not a country song. It was not a scary song. It was horribly, horribly a uh, mislabeled there. Uh, but like the original songs have all been been pretty good, pretty catchy. Most of the musical numbers have been a uh, fairly entertaining. The um, I especially love. I'm I'm a sucker for uh, an audition montage. Yes, you know a uh, and so the audition montage was really really well done this this season. So the the music is a big reason why I started watching the show, and the music has all been you know. Not necessarily like I don't know if it's, I'd say it's like better than their scenes, but it's, it's been it's been uh, pretty good and good enough. Like to that I'm not like oh I can't believe I'm having to sit through this song. So that it's not the, the music club is... remix of the mob song. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's probably going to be like the water cooler moment for me with the show. Like I will always bring up the mob song. In their <laughs> I was going to say I feel like you mentioned that one a lot. <laughs> JCR was such a big fan of that, like for all the wrong reasons, and I was like, you know what? Let me bring this energy into season three because I forgot how ridiculous the club version of the mob song is but don't get me wrong nicole horn and i will be at the club getting getting lit to this song when it's at uh i party with matt bennett definitely um, my favorite song uh this season so far is i mean i feel like this is so predictable for me but the nini song uh you never know i love it so much like last season my favorite was the rose song so i just feel like i'm such a big fan of olivia rodrigo's music that i really love that one yeah no that's probably my favorite song let me just look at my document real quickly if that's i i have that and i have the jet version of for the first time in forever at like the top of my list um so those are like the ones and the jet one was just because adrian lyles has an incredible voice and that performance was amazing but yeah the nini song that might be one of my favorite original songs that this show has done ever um and also just to add on what you were saying about gina i really like that we see that she's a little insecure about what's happening but she's handling it very maturely compared to like other characters in this universe who don't know how to handle their feelings um but call them out for, <laughs> call them out yeah richard richard bowen <laughs> ricky being kind of overstepping a relationship i don't know do y'all want to talk about ricky before i share my thoughts because <sighs> do we have to talk about ricky can we just like pretend he doesn't exist on the show i'm, I'm afraid uh probably not uh, yeah let's talk about ricky <laughs> okay who wants to go first i think todd, wow, wants to todd go should go first <laughs> yeah i just I've never been a Ricky fan on the show. Uh, Ricky, just something about him just uh, has always annoyed me. And uh, this season has not really done a whole lot to uh, correct that. Although I think like in the second episode, uh, he, he was fine. I'm like, okay, maybe Ricky's not going to do that. But then, of course, we got into the whole 
love triangle of it all again and which like really culminated in this episode of him like snapping at jet and just i don't know rick ricky's like again he's a kid who like falls into everything he falls into the lead role constantly zephron's his way into everything zephron's his way into everything and if it was just more of him just being like the goofy guy i could probably handle the character a lot more but he's they're trying to it's like leading man but not any really redeeming qualities most of the time that I can tell. And I don't know. Uh, there's just something about him that just does not work for me as a character. He just, just, you know, bothers me. Lindy, what do you have to say about Richard? Well, that is like, that is so harsh for Todd. Like, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, um, to be honest, like, I don't, uh, Ricky doesn't bother me the way that he bothers Todd, he bothers other people. Um, I think I might have started seeing this last season, but, like, Ricky's been through a lot, like, you know, with his parents getting divorced. That's, like, really tough when you're that age. And, yes, he has made mistakes, let's be honest. And, you know, I get that. But I don't really mind him. You know, he's he's got some good comic relief sometimes. I'm really glad he broke things off with, is her name Lily? I forget. Lily, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad that that is over. I did not like where that was going. So I, I think he has, like, room to grow, you know? Yeah, no, I think I appreciate you bringing that up about his divorce or his parents' divorce because that is something that we don't really talk about on this show, and the show doesn't really bring it up that much anymore. But that is something that he's going through, and I would appreciate them acknowledging that to remind the audience. But that said... I'm more in line with Todd and Ricky is kind of annoying me. I feel like this season started off with Ricky potential. That first episode, we saw a little bit of growth from him. And now I was excited about that because I'm like, okay, maybe Ricky can step back. He won't be the lead. Make him Sven, make him Olaf, make him something that isn't generally what we get from Ricky. But then the writers put him in a position to be Kristoff where Anna and Kristoff has come to scenes together and, Gene is going to be on it when I think that casting should have been swapped, but that's just me. I think Courtney should have been on it and Gina should have been Elsa based on the auditions they showed us. Just saying. Uh, and then I wasn't, I'm like, he's starting to regress into the Ricky that frustrates me, where he doesn't understand that the world doesn't revolve around him. But I do think there could be room for growth. I think him pulling Jet out of his shell was a good moment in that second episode. And there's, has been growth in Ricky that I appreciate him more than I did in season two, where uh, it was like very Nini centric and he was like doing stuff there, but I'm tired. I want Ricky to be single for a minute and uh, focus on himself instead of why he needs to be happy with other people that he's dating, but we'll see what happens where he still have four episodes to go. Yeah. I'll say like, as, as much as I hate that Nini is leaving this show, I think having Nini and Ricky no longer be even in, in orbit around each other, is going to be a good thing for the Ricky character in the grand scheme of things. Cause a lot of my annoyance with Ricky revolved around how he acted in that relationship. And I think a lot of my feelings towards him right now, are just kind of residual from that. Cause like Lindy said, he does have some, like I said, whenever he's like just playing the goofy guy, I, the, the moment at, in episode four, never, EJ makes some comment about him and Gene is like, ha you're really funny, EJ, and never make things weird. I don't know, just like that sort of thing. Like that made me laugh. You know, Ricky can make me laugh at times, but there are other times I'm just like, just just be quiet. Stop trying to hug Corbin Blue constantly. That, that was see, funny. I appreciated the that hugging Corbin funny. Blue. 
that was more funny to me than it than like the EJ Gina Ricky love triangle. I was like, give me Goober Ricky for a season where he doesn't really know he's not the coolest kid in the room. But uh, like it did get old. I won't lie. But yeah, it, 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 it was too much. Like uh, once was fine, but for me, like it was like a little, little too much. My my tolerance for that sort of thing can be low sometimes. What did you think of him rewinding and re rewinding? That was too much. <laughs> yeah. Lindy, do you have anything else to add about Ricky and his journey? Well, honestly, I thought the thing with hugging Corbin Blue was really funny. I enjoyed that little, little small little storyline. Um, and I thought his song in uh, episode one was pretty good. I yeah, I it. like Finally Free. I yeah. like that one. Yeah, yeah. That That's the one that's probably been stuck in my head the most out of all the songs this season. It's got kind of earworm mm. sway in there for me. Now, Lindy, let's start with you. How do you feel about Corbin Blue this season? We can talk about his producer here. Corbin Blue playing Corbin Blue, but he's being such a negative character in the two episodes we've seen. I'm like, how would you sign off on this? As an actor, they are literally representing you and showing you to be this monster, which you clearly are not if you've watched interviews. But that goes, that's trusting the audience to know that and not think that you're just this bad person. I Yeah, I get that. But I feel like, who is going to watch this and be like, oh my gosh, that's Corbin Blue's real personality. He's horrible. <laughs> like, I don't think many people- You're very generous that. to audiences. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, it's so over the top that that's why it's okay. It's not like he's making like one or two snide comments towards the high schoolers in the episode and otherwise is normal. I think that would be worse. It's so much that you're like, oh, this is clearly just- you know, an over-the-top portrayal of, like, a star with a big ego. Um, but it's pretty clear to me that that's not what he's like. And I know nothing about him. I, I think it's just weird that he didn't at least change his character's name and be, like, some representative from Disney instead of being himself. But, listen, like Lindy said, maybe people are just knowing that he's not this uh, douche canoe and he uh, is actually a nice person playing himself as a mean person. It's just also brain hurting the whole concept of the show. Now that they've expanded the meta uh, aspects of Disney plus. I'll say that I I always enjoy it when actors play themselves, but play like these fictionalized kind of jerky, douchey versions of themselves, like poking fun at themselves. Like one of my favorite things about the show, uh, don't trust to be in apartment 23 was a uh, James Vanderbeek playing this kind of douchey version of himself, this like hyper, a uh, realized version of himself. And actors who have that sort of sense of humor about themselves, I always appreciate that. So I can see why someone would do, like Corbin Blue would uh, sign off on doing that. Because I think the actors also enjoy kind of getting like, oh, I can like play myself, but also kind of like be this version of myself that's not real. I think it can be kind of fun for the actors. So I think I can definitely see why someone would sign off on it if it is being done in the spirit of fun and not like a character assassination thing, which I think this is definitely meant to be more of a, oh, here's a fun, a exaggerated version of Corbin for the show. I can definitely see why an actor would want to kind of play around with that. Now that's valid. True, truthfully, I would be too insecure to do that because I, <laughs> I but I appreciate Corbin Blue not being insecure and giving us this version of the character. That makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate you bringing that example in. Uh, Lindy, where do you want to go now? Which character do you want to talk about? Uh, let's talk about Courtney. Oh, Queen. Sorry, I had to interject with that. Uh, start <laughs> us off with Courtney. How do you feel? I have 
loved her this season. Um, I think, as always, I would want more from her, but that's just because she's so great. Um, she's so relatable with not being a camping kind of person. Like, that is me. We are not outdoor people. I know Todd is not, like... <laughs> We like to have our screens. In episode two, I wrote down, she wrote, I don't know who I am without screens. And I was like, yes, that <laughs> is really relatable. Um, but then there's also the side of like, she's having this anxiety, like she's homesick. Uh, she's worried about the future. I think that's also super relatable in a more serious way. And she's also bringing fun things, too. Like when she put on, you know, the exact colors that Corbin Blue loves so that he would notice her perfect outfit. Like, I love that. I think she's been great this season. I love Courtney and I wholeheartedly agree. But let's go to Todd first. Todd, how are you feeling about our girl Courtney? Yeah, I think Courtney's uh, been been a lot of fun this season. Uh, watching her and Carlos like kind of bond over their their horror at what is going on uh, at the camp as they are having to give up all of their uh, luxuries has been really fun. Uh, it was I think you guys talked about this a little bit on on the episode four podcast. But it's a little bit of like whiplash in a way. It's like to have like the first few episodes, it's just like pure comedy from her, and then you suddenly you like go screeching to this oh she has so much anxiety about all this stuff like it went like super serious instead of like kind of like seeding that a little bit more throughout the season i think kind of speaks to one of the, my issues with the season is it's a little uneven and sometimes they don't necessarily think through the things they're doing well but in terms of just like being an entertaining character a uh she's been been really fun this season I agree 100% with everything you're saying. Courtney has been great in her comedic moments. And I also wish that the emotional whiplash that we felt at the end of episode four was not there. I think there could have been a way that the storyline was more earned from the writers. Like we've seen her be goofy when she's like, I miss Sasha, but we could explore that a little bit more with like a line here or there about like, oh, she misses her mom and she wishes she could just text her with her phone and just add a couple of things that like dimensionalize that what she's going through instead of just kind of having this blindsided uh, reaction for me, at least at the end of episode four. But I love Dara Renee. I'm so excited for everything she's doing. And I love that she gets to work with her mom on the show as her mom is playing her actual mom is sorry. Her mom in real life plays her character's mom. Um, so I do love that. And I hope we get to explore more of this. My fear is that they're going to put this storyline on the back burner because you know how High School Musical, the musical series can be. They'll like set something up at the end of an episode and then next week it's never addressed. Like you mentioned Carlos when he crosses yeah. out the <laughs> yeah. thing and it's like very addressed in a throwaway line. I was like, and then we also mentioned last time Lindy was on the, the harness and it was just a throwaway moment just for like kind of a shock cliffhanger. So I really hope they delve into what it means to be anxious and the pressures of college and the pressures of like being away from home. And also maybe start a conversation about how traditional college is not for everyone. Maybe community college could be better serving for Courtney for a couple of years before she moves away from home. Like, have a dialogue. Let's have a dialogue, High School Musical Musical Series. I know they won't, but... I don't think they will do that. No, they won't. They won't. <laughs> Next episode, Courtney's going to be singing Let It Go, and then she's going to have a revelation, and she'll be fine for the rest of the season, right? <laughs> That's going to happen? Probably, right. yeah. <laughs> uh, Todd, you mentioned Carlos. Do you want to talk about him at all this season? Yeah, uh, Carlos. Um, Carlos has been fine this season. Like I thought, like his his moments with a uh, with Courtney bonding over their a uh, distaste of the rustic life have been fun. 
Um, but the the whole thing, I, I I think I just the whole thing with him changing the cast list felt like such a dumb move to do because you know, yeah, it's it's like you can do that and someone doesn't realize that you're doing that, and then for it to have all been for nothing, like nothing has come of it. Maybe they'll come back to it later, but again, it's High School Musical, the musical, the series. It's doubtful that they'll actually have any long lasting repercussions. But I don't know it was just it felt like a really weird moment for him to kind of try to sabotage stuff to promote himself i don't know we also don't even know what he did that's the thing that frustrates me is like did he make himself not olaf and made himself like what elsa like what did he do did he take himself off the cast list to not be olaf i want to know like we can assume that he didn't want to be olaf right but we don't know what he did to like the cast list my guess is he switched him himself and ricky that's my guess guess. honestly much better i mean my guess is he's like, Ricky doesn't deserve to be the leading man again and try to make Ricky Olaf. And let's be honest, Ricky would be a great Olaf. Ricky would be hilarious. A better as Olaf than he would as Kristoff. Let me just say yeah. that. Uh, so I could totally see that being the move that Carlos did. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Car- Carlos has been fine this season, but a, uh, not really super high. He's not really super low. He's just kind of there. there right? Carlos. Yeah. Lindy, how are you feeling about our guy Carlos this year? Yeah, unfortunately, he just hasn't really had much of a spotlight on him this season so far. Um, Yeah, with the cast list, I too was confused. I was like, oh, this is going to be so dramatic. And then the next episode, they posted the list and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the wrong list. This is the one that Carlos made and it's going to be dramatic. And then it was like, no, they just fixed his his changes. Like, what was the point of that? And that's yeah, how the do you not fix thing... the whole cast list? Why don't you just edit everything? Because they're obviously going to notice if you just change two roles. It's well, we either don't you know or Ricky. What he that's... did? That's, yeah, it's very true. We have no idea what changes he made. Uh, we just know that he was definitely one of those changes because he was so shocked to see that he was Olaf. But also, like, was he not Olaf before? And then he changed things, and they made him Olaf as punishment because he seemed way too shocked. It wasn't even like, oh, it went back the way it was. It's like, wait, I'm Ola? It was it was a really weird reaction for someone who has seen the cast list before, even if he changed it. Y'all that, imagine the whole he, thing was just like bizarre. Imagine if he changed like uh choreography, uh Carlos, and then made Val the um Olaf. Like, imagine that was was his change. I could see him doing something like that. He should be glad that he was cast. I mean, not everyone got a part like Ashlyn. She's just in the ensemble. And it didn't even look like there are that many parts. So I feel like he should be glad that he got something. You know what? Yes. Take take your your flowers when you get them, Carlos. You could be having an existential crisis about your horoscope like Ashlyn. And you're not. You're singing fabulous with Courtney in the pool because you're feeling fabulous. I loved that. I got I I really liked that number. Um, didn't make love- sense in the context of why they spent all their time <laughs> on that, but out of context, it was super fun. Yeah, that's what Sam mentioned yesterday on the podcast. He was like, "Yeah, if you're stressed about Corbin Blue, why are you preparing this number that has no relevance to Frozen whatsoever?" Uh, but- but I do, I, I have to agree with Carlos. If you want to impress someone, there's no other way than doing a very intricate musical number. That's the best yeah. way to impress somebody. So One thing I didn't mention on the podcast yesterday, can we talk about the moment where he's in the pool and then it cuts back to when he was clearly not wet? And then it's like, this is like, <laughs> if you're staging it, like it's a one take where he's doing it for Corbin Blue, he's not going to be in the pool. Like just a little, like the continuity errors, script supervisor, the writing, everything stresses me out about the show, but I love it nonetheless. <laughs> 
And that's what I need to reemphasize. I love this show and that's why I'm so critical about it for all its mess. I didn't yeah. notice that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, didn't even... Uh, didn't well, I watched it twice because I'm taking yeah. detailed notes for this High School Musical musical series show. Yeah, it, that's the danger it gets whenever they go because they were setting it up as being like a diegetic thing. Yeah. But then the whole, the whole number was suddenly like big fantasy sequence. Yeah. So that was odd. Do we want to talk about Ashlyn? Oh, I am. I, <laughs> okay, honestly, Todd, let's start with you. Todd is like, uh, if we must, if we must. No, talk no, about no, it. no. Ashlyn, I want to talk about Ashlyn. I oh, want to talk do? about okay. Ashlyn and, and the character assassination they have done to Ashlyn. He's getting flanderized if you say so. I, am, I was so annoyed at the Ashlyn storyline in episode three. The whole uh, uh, Ashlyn becoming a demon thing. Because Ashlyn has been one of my favorite characters on the show. I've loved Ashlyn so much. And for the first couple of episodes, Ashlyn's been great. And then suddenly she's like a diva who is just so upset about not getting cast in the lead and the way she's acting towards Maddox and everything. And then to have it all be like, oh, it's because I've just discovered that my Gemini sign is wrong, which is just like, no, what? I, I hate it. I hate that they have, because there was no setup for it. Again, like there was two, nothing was leading very... up to Ashlyn acting out like this nothing if they again if they started like the beginning of the season with the first episode with ashton Connolly being like well now that i've been bell i just know i'm gonna get the lead and even in the tryouts you know gina was the one who was being all competitive but ashlyn was just like oh yeah well oh it's gina 1.0 ha 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 but then she's the one acting like gina 1.0 after she doesn't get cast there was like no real lead up to it and she was just acting awful that entire episode and then, like, the next episode, she's, like, trying to embrace it and everything. I don't know. I, I just hated that turn. It just felt so out of character. And they tried to lampshade it by having people tell her she was acting out of character. But the lampshading didn't make it any better for me. It's just, like, because I hated seeing one of my favorite characters act so out of character. I wish that if they were going to do this storyline, there's like small things. Like I mentioned with the Courtney thing, she could have like had the rose that she brought to camp. Mike and I discussed this, that big ass rose in the glass vase. She could have been like, I had to bring this with me to summer camp because I was Belle and like set that up in the car from the first opening shots of the season. They could have had her be very like egotistical about being Belle later in season two, but she was very down to earth in season two about being Belle. She was more anxious about living up to that standard. It was never about like, oh, now I'm the big boss in town. So it, it feels very disrespectful of the character we've gotten to know in the audience a little bit. Uh, and it, it feels a little flanderized. Lindy, what do you think? I guess, yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. I think I don't feel as strongly as Todd because she wasn't previously like one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I think you know, I, I didn't have anything against her, but I was never looking at her as like, oh, yeah, I love Ashlyn. Um, so it doesn't bother me as much that she's acting this way. But I see what you mean. This isn't really like her. And yeah, the Rose, why would you bring a delicate breakable memento with you to summer camp? Like, that thing is not making it home intact. I'm just saying, like, that was a I bad. Love how extra it is to bring that whole ass thing. That down too. To... It's also like I was the lead. It, like, <laughs> uh, I also think she's struggling. They're right, struggling to write Ashlyn because they put her in this box, and maybe Carlos a little bit too, of having partners outside of this environment. Now with uh, Carlos, like he's kind of like comic relief, so they can do it, but they can't have two comic reliefs. 
And Ashlyn, they're trying to pigeonhole her into this storyline that doesn't really fit with her. I think they could do more about her self-exploration. And if that was the whole horoscope starting and we end up going on this journey about like she is starting to learn more about herself, she might not have as much feelings for Big Red. She might be bisexual. Like if we lean into that part in the back half of season four, three, I might be able to respect where we started from a little bit more. But it's still as stressful as a week-to-week viewer seeing what they have done to Ashlyn. Um, and that's also just me saying I miss Big Red and put Larry Saperstein back on the show. <laughs> yes, yes. I, uh, I think I, I, when this happened, I was like, how dare they not have Big Red on this season? Big how Red and Seb, who were my two favorite characters last Seb. year. Seb, bring Courtney. back Seb. Where is he? Seb would be so good as Kristoff or Hans, and then Ricky wouldn't have to be Kristoff. And uh, they just really want Joshua Bassett to be the leading lady, uh, leading man, sorry. Uh, <laughs> And I like Joshua Bassett after watching some of his interviews. He seems like a lot friendlier than maybe I was giving him credit for. Just don't like Ricky. <laughs> so, um, but always team Nini for life. Um, let's talk about EJ. We've talked about all the other big characters from the first few seasons, except for EJ so far. So EJ is Mr. Director Man. Uh, he's starting to get involved with the reality TV shenanigans of it all. Lindy, why don't you start us off with your thoughts on EJ? Yeah, I mean, EJ's been fine this season. I think I'm really interested to see where this is going. Um, after episode four, we've left on this cliffhanger of him saying, oh, I'll, I'll bring drama. I know some drama. And I'm really curious about where they're going with that. Um, I don't like that he's hiding this big thing from Gina that he's told someone else about. It'd be one thing if he wasn't telling anyone because he wasn't ready. But he told, you know, Val and leaving Gina in the dark about that. I don't like that. Um, I also think that he's got a lot of pressure on him from having to be the director, which I don't understand why they can't get an adult to do this. <laughs> like uh, it, it's too much for him to do this all on his own clearly. And I think that's affecting his decision-making. Jason Earls needs to get, I understand summer camps to understand, but Jason Earls, why don't you be the director, Mr. Dewey Wood? That's even no, your real name, Jackson Stewart. Up, we know it's you. No, I'm kidding. Call up the director of 40 years and be like, just kidding, Corbin Blue is not directing. Please, we need you. We'll give you a raise. Like, whatever. He just we'll quit. We'll buy like, you your boat trip back from Alaska. Yeah, he quit, like, at the day of, and it's like, you have time to get him back. Look, Miss Jen would be happy to give an excuse <laughs> not to go on their cruise. You know, so. Miss Jen would come from Utah to direct the show. Wait, oh my gosh, that would be so much better. They should have done that. I, I I really needed to bring this up. I miss Miss Jen so much. She is needed on this show. Yeah, Jeez. I mean, I thought that's where they were going because they had the whole thing with her and Nina, bo- Nina both, neither one wanting to go on their respective trips, you know? So we never covered it. Like, oh, so they're going to say, who are we going to get to direct? I thought EJ was going to go, I know somebody and call it Miss Jen. That's going to bring, bring her in. But no, then they put it on poor ej who yeah is just completely overwhelmed by this he is not the person for this job in any way shape or form i like ej as a character i i like ej whenever he's playing like the kind of just playing the doofus role i think i think a uh i you guys that uh, you know the, the thing i've heard on your podcast multiple times matt cornett's never gonna be a star he's not gonna be a big star i've heard that a few times uh on, the, on this podcast not by me uh, yeah not by you yeah <laughs> hey, uh, by, by your co-host but uh I, I like him. I think that he uh, does a good job as kind of like that doofus character. Never gets to play kind of like the, the, the goofy doofy 
thing. I think it works out really well for him. But I think what he EJ did in season is... two was his best. Like, I don't think he can ever be like the top of season three. Or season one was too schemy and weird. But season two was a good EJ where he had some drama, but like a lot of it was comedic relief. Yeah, yeah. So I think it is really well as a comedic relief role. Uh, but here, a uh, I I just feel bad for EJ. I feel so bad for EJ that he is all this pressure on him from the camp but it's also trying to do it because of his dad and having to deal with all of that and it's also trying to juggle his relationship with gina and he's making bad decisions which is not a good look and he also is apparently still a little weirded out by the love triangle of it all it's a uh, uh, ej's going through a lot uh ej's going through a lot right now yeah i really didn't like how he cowardly got rid of his issues to make a tv show like i that's not a good boyfriend material to like make it dramatic, leave the note there intentionally because he's I, also scared to do tell Gina, I guess. I don't think he left it there intentionally uh, oh. because it wasn't in her script. She picked up her script, started to walk away. And then she knows the letter under someone else's script. It was not in her script. Like you guys said. Now, Lindy, what day. do you think? Yeah. I, I noticed that too. It wasn't with her script. She just saw it underneath something on the table. So I don't think she was supposed to see the letter. Yeah, I don't oh. think because because my sense was those scenes were happening. Like he was like finding out about their wanting drama at the same time that she was finding it. I didn't seem like didn't think there was any time for him to do that later. I thought yeah. that was just like a, a something that was helping simultaneously. I think he was he is coming up with plans for drama, but I never in a million years do I think that EJ would plant a letter for her to find uh, to do drama. That would be horrible character assassination if that is what turns out to be right. You know. EJ, that's worst character assassination. What they did with Ashlyn, uh, but they I don't think that was it. I think that a, uh, she just <laughs> saw it underneath a different thing. Yeah, I did notice it was under his uh, director's script and not hers. Like hers was on the chair, but I I thought he planted it there. Maybe he didn't. So yeah, maybe nope. you're right, and hopefully you are right. Otherwise, they're gonna uh, disrespect the Caswells this year. Yeah, because he was looking for her while she was looking for her script. So she was already looking for her script somewhere. He didn't know where mm. she was. So, you know, he would have had to gone and found her script and then planned it there. Uh, I don't. I don't think it makes sense that he was the one who uh, who. Uh, I think it makes sense that he it was planted on purpose. No, you are right. Yeah, uh, maybe I just assumed, and Sam and I assumed we'll issue an attraction next week. We'll see what happens. Uh, well, we have to see. I yeah, I am curious with the way that they do these cliffhangers. It might just be a thing where he's like, "I'll bring the drama," and then he suggests something like really non-dramatic, and they're like, "Oh, you don't have anything for us." <laughs> like, like I don't know. Like this might not go anywhere significant with the drama. Yeah. I do think something is going to happen because I've seen like the blurb for like the next episode. So I think that is going to be something that they do actually follow up on the cliffhanger for once, but uh, we'll see. That's big for High School Musical Musical series. I know. (laughs) So let's talk about uh, some of the campers, Maddox, Jet, and Val. Let's talk about all of them. Wherever you want to start, we can talk about each of them individually. Uh, I know Jet and Maddox are kind of interconnected. Uh, Yeah. Who wants to start? Yeah. I'd like to talk about Maddox because Maddox is just like a very strange character in a way to me because I've never been sure what the show wants us to think of her because you start off and never they first get there. Like it seems like all the campers who've been there before are all really positive about her. 
and then the uh, uh, the Wildcats aren't, and so it's like okay, the Wildcats are just kind of learn to love her like everyone else loves her. But then you have Maddox, who's like talking about how like she doesn't really have any friends, she never fits in, even though everything that we've kind of seen has been her kind of fitting in and everyone like being all on board with her. Uh, and then you did have like her being kind of like like super pushy and in people's business. All of a sudden, it's like her her character doesn't really seem consistent to me. It's, it's almost like they need she's whatever they need in the scene to kind of drive like plot or drama forward a little bit. Uh, but then you have like the whole reveal of her and Jet's connection, which was interesting. Because I went back and I rewatched like several of the musical numbers uh, today, getting ready for the podcast uh, to remind myself what some of the musical numbers have been. And there are a couple of things like the whenever she first does the camp song in the first episode you know jet doesn't come into the group with everyone else he's standing out kind of like rolling his eyes at her singing everything which at the time just thought oh it's just jet being like the standoffish guy but knowing their relationship it feels much more like a brother sister thing and same thing whenever he comes in late to the rehearsal and she's like really harsh at him i did catch that when i rewatched know, the scene after last week yeah, it was like, wow, that was like really weird for Max to be like so, you know, but maybe it's like, oh, she's like super stickler about the rules and camp tradition stuff. And that's why she's upset. But then it's like, oh, no, it's because it's Jet and they have that relationship. But yeah, I just, I just feel so confused about what the show wants us to think about Max. Are we supposed to be like for her, against her? Because I know like the first few episodes, you guys are kind of like giving her your LVP. You thought that she was going to be like the lily of the season, like the villain. And she definitely gave up that kind of vibes a little bit, but now that then it became more of a, oh, like we're supposed to feel bad for her because she's misunderstood. And I don't, it's like very schizophrenic how the show is treating her character. And I just don't know what to make of what the show wants us to think of Maddox. I agree with you hundred percent. I am very confused with what they want us to feel. Cause I don't know if they're trying to set up this Ashlyn Maddox thing now I don't know if they're trying to like get us ready for Jojo Siwa. Was Maddox just a plot device to get Jojo Siwa on later in the season? Uh, also, I hate when people have, like, I could never date someone with a name similar to mine. So Mad and Mad creeps me out a little bit, gives me a little bit of the ick. Um, but uh, let's talk to you, Lindy. How do you feel about Maddox in connection to these wildcats in Camp Shallow Lake? I feel differently. I actually think that they've done a great job of introducing Maddox's character this season because at first yeah I didn't really like her at first I thought she was being kind of like it's that way where you you're the new kid to something and everyone else is like oh this is how we do things and it, it feels kind of like you're being excluded even though um you know you're part of it now I kind of got that vibe from her like oh she knows everything about the camp but as time goes along, I feel like she's become a more sympathetic character. Like, you know, there's the tension with her brother, which we're obviously going to get more information about as time goes on. And there's that whole thing where she was trying to tell the scary story and it didn't go well. Um, and she was obviously hurt by that. And I think we were supposed to feel for her in that way. And then also, I think the most important thing is when she was telling the camera, like, people say I'm an acquired taste and like that hurts my feelings. Um, and I think that's how the show has presented her. Like at first you're kind of put off by her, but then when you learn more about her, you know, she becomes more of a more sympathetic character. And I feel like for me, she was an acquired taste and I actually really like her now. Yeah. Something that I've also 
felt some sympathy for her is like this is her home and all these wildcats are kind of invading her space and not that they're not justified to do so they're going to summer camp with their friend but it is also like they're kind of coming in they don't really understand what this place means to her and that for that I have felt some sympathy towards her throughout the season as someone who's very like especially as a kid I was very much I had a plan for how like some activities would go with my friends and then if, if they said no I would be like I would kind of shut down. I was like, wait, they don't want to do the thing that I planned. Uh, I can kind of empathize a little bit with how she feels. They're not respecting the sanctity of this establishment that means so much to her. Um, And that can, I can only imagine how hard that's been for her, especially with her brother there who like does not want to be there. Jet, uh, did they not let him get on the bus? Is that why? Did he not pay for the ticket? How did he get back there? That's my big question. Ugh. Do you think that the writers thought that through at all? No, no. <laughs> you guys like, are so hard on the writing. <laughs> Todd, go off on the writing. Uh, no, no, no. I, Jet. I don't need to go for it. Yeah. Uh, I've, Jet, uh, been, my favorite Jet stuff has been like his, like his burgeoning friendship with Ricky. Like the, I think the best Ricky things in the season have been the same as the best jet things like the, the episode three whenever they like kind of like talk through stuff and everything uh, i think that that's really been the highlight and it was like well it seems like you know jet is not finally starting to feel comfortable and starts to like you know join in and like he's cutting up trying to be like the class clown a little bit loosen up a little bit and of course it just happens to be at his sister's expense uh, which you know, she takes horribly personally so it's like a really a really tough situation there. I think, I think I uh, already mentioned though, Adrian Lyles has like an amazing voice. Uh, so that was great. But uh, I'm glad that there uh, didn't take too, too long to get past that initial standoffish uh, wall because if that had gone on for much longer, it would have gotten a little tedious. So I'm glad that they were able to kind of like break through that facade a little bit relatively early and get to like a little bit of the, the meat of what's going on with him. So, yeah, I, I do want to start with the Maddox real quick. Like I do like Maddox as a character. I really like that. The, the, the actress, I think that there's been lots of really good stuff with Maddox. I just, I uh, have felt like the show has struggled a little bit with how they presented it to at all, but uh, yeah. Lindy, what do you think of, uh, not EJ, Jet. <laughs> I almost said EJ. I was like, um jet is interesting i think i definitely want to see more of the backstory there i think there's some details that we don't know yet i'm i'm just curious to see you know the family situation with him and maddox and like why they're so their feelings are so different about this camp um so i'm interested to see where that goes um i think he has a great voice i love his singing um but I, I don't think I have a final opinion yet on the character because I'm just not sure yet. I don't know why. My thought was, imagine if HSMTMTS was written like Lost and we had flashbacks every episode. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> well, it would only work for certain characters, I feel like. Probably. It probably like, only would. But... Like Lily and like Jet. Like the 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 people whose motives are like less clear to us. I want a flashback about the French kid. <laughs> yeah, the French kid. <laughs> What his life was like in France, why he went to uh, North High. Um, I want him back. Bring him back. I also think he's no, the best at okay. Hansen and should have been the star of the movie, not Ben Platt. Um, but that's just me. Uh, also, just 
I don't know. The writing on this show, I love this show, and I cannot emphasize that enough. But it is like stressful when like you feel like they could be doing a better job because I feel like season one didn't have these issues, and maybe they were trying to make prove themselves more in season one, and now they have the show and they have these talented actors to rely on. But I think I think they can. It's because I believe in them that it's it's I'm so critical of them. Um. Did we talk about Val? No. Um, no. Val is, I don't know, in some ways... I, have you seen the zombies, yeah. Todd? No, I have not. That's okay. not one of the, the ones I've seen. I know, I know that she's... Cause I, look, I looked her up to see what she'd been in, see if I'd seen her or anything before, and saw she's in those, but I have not seen any of those. Um, yeah, she's an interesting character because she's obviously like been put in the, to be kind of a stumbling block for the... another. So it's, almost like setting up like a more of a love, you know, rectangle than triangle, like have her there also to, to be a stumbling block for EJ and Gina a little bit, a, a place for Gina to be a little jealous of Val's relationship with EJ and everything. And I was a little nervous whenever she like, I uh, offered to do the casting for the show. I was afraid there was going to be lots of drama based off of that, but then, you know, she didn't cut Gina out of it. She didn't cut the wildcats out of everything. You know, so there was no build drama over that, and she's the, the drama's going to be between because AJ, you know, you know, talked to her, but it's not her fault. And she actually was actively tell Gina, tell your girlfriend though. So, so Val has been like, the, and she's the supportive of Gina like, as well. Like when Gina asked to switch the movie to Camp Rock, and she said, "You're a good friend and a good girlfriend." Uh, I, I, I like Val. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, she's been. She got set up like she was going to be like this big like antagonist, and she has not been that at all. So I've been very pleasantly surprised by how the how the Val situation has has played out. Miss Lindy, how do you feel about Val? Yeah, I'm glad that so far at least it's not like oh she's you know causing this big rift between like EJ and Gina or whoever. But I will say I'm just like not interested in her as a character at this point. I feel like she's not adding anything that we couldn't get from someone else so i'm not sure if that she's gonna combine maddox and val into one character probably yeah yeah no. something like that i'm not sure if she's gonna become a bigger character or if like this is her purpose in the season but so far i'm just not really feeling it yeah i mean honestly as relieved as i am that she isn't this big source of drama the fact that she's not a big source of drama has kind of made her just kind of like oh yeah she's there <laughs> so yeah no i agree lindy she's not bringing a whole lot so far i have three characters i want to talk about left uh the first are a package deal emmy and alex uh do we think that drama is going to come back or do you think it was literally just for the auditions those are the two little girls that uh are going to be young anna and young elsa i was wondering that weren't they in, like one episode so far just yeah. the audition yeah. part i mean they they could add something i thought they were you know pleasant and but i'm i'm just not sure if that was a one and done kind of thing or if they're gonna contribute because they're so much younger than the rest of the characters that i yeah. don't see them being part of any sort of drama with them i'm just confused why they would include that if gina 1.0 isn't going to resurface near the end while the pressure mounts for the performance maybe um but who knows may uh, wouldn't be the first time they left the storyline yeah, because like nothing, nothing really happened. Even like like Gina gave him the uh, the advice, but you didn't necessarily see a whole lot of a uh, you know 
stuff come of it. There wasn't really a, like a breaking in their friendship or anything like that. Was I, I was afraid that they were going to go over the top and Gina was going to be, you know, upset because, oh no, I accidentally did this. But yeah, there was nothing other than, you know, one of them being kind of like coming across rude to the other one, but it's actually, it was in character oh, well, as yeah. Elsa the audience. You know, so it's like, and because it cut from that to Gina and the audience kind of going, huh, like, oh, it's not going to come up with this? No, no, nothing came of it. So it was just like, Again, it's like this weird random thing to throw in there that uh, might pay off later, but I'm not really holding my breath that's going to have any sort of payoff later on, so I don't know. If I were to draft things that they've set up that are more likely to come back, I think this is one of them compared to like some other terrorists they've dangled in front of us. I think this is like on the likelier side. Now it's not going to be at on the same level as EJ and Gina's blow up that we expect to happen next episode. But I think it's like more likely than some of the other things they've set up. Um, I know Sam was hopeful for a Ricky Jet relationship. I don't think that's going to be like they're going to be an OTP. I think they're just going to be buds. Um, but uh, the last character we have to talk about is someone who's not really bringing the drama this season. She's not even half the episodes we've seen so far. Miss Nini, aka Olivia Rodrigo. What have we thought of her storyline so far? Lindy, let's start with you. You're a big O-Rod fan like I am. I love her so much. I love her music. Can't overstate that enough. But um, yeah, I love Nini. I've loved her character since the beginning. Um, I think this season is just weird because we know up front, like, she's not going to be a main cast member. She's just going to be in a few episodes. So, like, that kind of limits what they can do with the character. And I thought it was really strange. <laughs> To have the cliffhanger of like, oh, is she going to go to camp or on this road trip? And then she's on the road trip to just randomly meet her biological father without any warning. I feel like she took that really well. I was really impressed that she wasn't upset with her mothers for not telling her that. Um, also, I can't believe it was Mitchell from Modern Family. That was so random. <laughs> no, so random's another Disney show. <laughs> okay okay but that really took me out of the scene i was just so distracted by the casting that i was like what is what even is this storyline right now it was it was it really stuck out to me it's like what are we doing here why is this the story i was very confused as well i was like i understand nini has to write a song about something that's happening to her but this was a weird uh scene like i'm sure this is important for some people to see and i am not one of those people because i cannot relate to this story but like as a song inspiration oh i met the sperm donor that is my biological father and now i'm gonna write a song about this is 18 <laughs> like that well, you never that, know the... felipe you never know <laughs> where you're gonna end up i guess so i guess so uh Speaking of you never know, Todd, do we, I don't know where I was trying to take that transition, but what, what are you thinking of this scene and Nini's story? Yeah, it was, it was odd. Uh, especially the, uh, the, the fact that the, the, her moms had lied about it for all the years. Oh, I thought we didn't know. Oh no, we do know who he is and here he is. You know, it's just like, yeah, it was a very odd choice to have it framed that way. Um, the, the the casting didn't bother me because I like Justin Taylor Ferguson. Uh, didn't really take me out of it all that much. Other than like, oh wow, they actually got a big name to to, to play Nini's dad. That's kind of cool. Um, no, uh, yeah, it, I I hate to see Nini leave the show because Nini has been like a, a really good character 
on the series so far. Uh, so the fact that she is limited, because I didn't know going into the season that she was going to be limited uh, on the show necessarily. So suddenly to find that out, like a couple episodes in, like, oh, okay. Uh, well, bye, Nini. I guess it was nice knowing you. Uh, yeah, it's the, the dynamics of the cast is definitely, or we're already saying it play out a little bit, you know, with the, the cast, you know, without her, the dynamics are definitely a little different because she was not just, she was main character. She was the main character. She was number she one was, on the call sheet. Yeah, she was like the focus of the show. And, you know, kind of your point earlier, I think, Felipe, is like that they're a uh, trying like to fit Ashlyn to some roles that maybe she doesn't necessarily fit before because they're trying to struggle what to do these characters now that they don't have Nini as the focus. They're having to kind of refocus stuff. And I think they're struggling a little bit uh, in the in the overall structure of things to know how to do it whenever Nini's not the the, the star. But just to go back to what you said earlier, I do think they're doing a pretty good job with the Ricky stuff and they've been able to like make him and his story different enough and not connected to Nini and doing a good job with that empty space that they had for two seasons. That was his whole story. And they've been able to have him do other things, which I do appreciate that. See, there's something positive about the writing, Lindy. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So yeah, that's that's about like all our main characters. Did we skip anyone that y'all wanted to talk about? I don't think so. I have the the cast list uh, pulled up here. I was looking through it. Nothing. Unless we want to talk about a, a Channing, who is Corbin Blue's producer. Oh my god, he bothered me so much because I know so many of him. <laughs> oh, you're saying he's realistic? Yeah, he's like I went to Tish and I didn't get a scholarship. I was like, okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just there to kind of annoy us and try to stir up drama with the high schoolers. Like, it's obviously um, this guy is not playing himself because no one would want to. <laughs> For me, it's like okay, they want a villain. They want Corbin Blue to be the villain, but they don't want to tank him completely. So they'll put his lackey as the camera guy, being the bad influence in his ear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I want to ask you all, uh, who do you think Adam would love the most? He, would love Ricky. he, he always beat. wants the hot take so he would be ricky's number one fan <laughs> no he would be like a mike bowen stan ricky's dad yes mike bowen i'm afraid ricky might be too josh chan like for adam to be able to stand him so that might even though adam likes to be the contrarian i think the josh channess of ricky at times might be a little too much uh, no adam. adam would be more lily we need more Lily. <laughs> oh my gosh. That'd be you the know, worst. You know that she, well, I don't know what's happening with this series anymore, but uh, she was supposed to be like the Joker's daughter in some production of something. Oh, uh, the Gotham Knights TV series. I think. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, playing. A... Interesting. Yeah. I think that's why she's not on this season. My assumption. All right. Let's get into some of our uh, segments. So I told you all before in the show that I want to get who your MVP and LVP of, of this episode, of this season, however you want to do it since you're here today. Uh, who wants to go first with their MVP? I think I should because I kind of already um, said what it was going to be. I I want to emphasize I love Gina. I love everything we see from her from she's a total star. Oh, I loved her song, um, Balance. Balance. That's another great one this season. Uh, she's a star. She's the star of the show. Um, I love all the friendship we see from her, like with Courtney and Ashlyn. Yeah. She's such a good friend. You know, that was a great movie. moment in this 
episode where she like shows up for Courtney and is like, listen, I can tell she won't talk to me about it, but I can tell she's struggling. Can we put on Camp Rock instead of High School Musical 3? Yeah. So I loved that. I also love like just her excitement to be with EJ and to be at camp. Like it's really kind of this great joy that you can feel from her character. And I, I love it. So I love Gina. She's got to get my MVP point for this season so far. Todd, do you have your MVP ready? Yeah. And uh, I am in lockstep with Lindy. It's Gina. Uh, I've loved uh, everything with her. I've loved like the growth of her character over the series. Uh, I've loved the move from Gina 1.0 to Gina 2.0. And this season, like I already said, like, I've loved the fact that they have had her reacting so well to all the stresses of her relationship with EJ and all the curveballs being thrown at her so far. And she has been like such a great fan. And she's just like an amazing performer as well. So yeah, Gina gets my MVP point for this season so far. Nice. Now, Todd, let's start with you with the LVP. Give Since we started with Lindy for the LVP, uh, MVP. Do you have yours ready or do you need a second? Oh my goodness, who to give the LVP point to? If you need a minute, I can vamp for you unless Lindy has hers ready. Yeah, yeah. Lindy, um, do you know who you're giving yours to? Yeah, because, um, yeah, this one's harder because I think it's important to see where the season goes to know like who overall I would feel like gets the LVP. But so far, I don't really want to give it to any of the kids because I feel like even with their mistakes, like they're doing their best. So I'm going to have to give it to the producer guy who's just there to stir up drama that's not even naturally there and is obviously not really adding anything positive to this camp experience. So I'm going to have to go with him. That's so wholesome. That's who I gave it to yesterday. I was like, you know what? This man, uh, he's trying to make a career, but he's trying to affect the lives of teenagers in the meantime. And that's kind of icky if they were adults sure they had consent to be on this reality show but they also like signed up to this summer camp they did not they, yes they had a non-disclosure and like an agreement and all those contracts but they didn't even realize what they were signing up for so i agree with that what about you todd how do you feel um i'm probably gonna land there as well because like when you say like most of the kids even though like you know ricky annoys me at times and i, I hate what's going on with ashlyn's uh, storyline there's still like lots of enough positive stuff and what they've done that I don't necessarily want to, to give him my LVP. Uh, I'm tempted to give it to EJ's dad who we've never seen, but who has basically, you know, uh, messed EJ up by not letting him do the gap year by insisting he goes to their, like whatever school that he's founded. But I think, you know, in terms of people we've actually have seen on the show, I think a uh, Channing, the producer is the, the guy who is like, you know, uh, objectively the worst character. Love that. Yes. Dunk on Channing. That's my stance for episode four of this podcast. Uh, you, uh, the three of us all gave Channing our LVP this week. Uh, Mr. Sam Davis, happy birthday to him, uh, gave Corbin Bleh the LVP. So uh, Channing, I think, might have the lead. He took the lead from Ashlyn and from Maddox. Now he has three LVPs. Meanwhile, Gina jumped up two spots and is now tied with Courtney with three. So that's where we stand right now with our leaderboard. Uh, before we get down to the wrap-up section of this podcast, like I asked Michael Bloom, I want to know who your favorite Frozen character is and if you have a favorite Frozen song, which one that is. Lindy looks very stressed. <laughs> I'm so stressed <laughs> because, look, I prepared for this podcast in terms of High School Musical, the musical, the series, but I did not rewatch Frozen. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's been years since I've seen it, and I don't think I can recall all of the songs and characters very well. Um, I'll do my best. You want Todd and I to recap the the two movies for you? <laughs> yeah, let's just add another hour onto this podcast. You okay. just tell me Exterior everything. Exterior <laughs> Night Arendelle. Some fishermen are drilling down the ice with the pickaxes, and a young Kristoff is there. Oh my god. Fast gosh. forward. Interior Arendelle Castle. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is gonna help a lot. Okay, wait. Um, isn't there like there's a guy that you think is nice, but then he turns out to be Hans? mean? Yeah. Okay, and but then there's a guy that's actually nice. Kristoff. Okay, I like him. Kristoff. <laughs> yeah, the actually nice one. Love oh, and it. the and the de- and the um, the deer. Is it a deer? Or the reindeer. The reindeer. Sven. Yeah, yeah. Is Sven that- your favorite or is Kristoff your favorite? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Both. The man, the man of the deer, the man of the deer, Lindy. Just think the it. man, the man. Okay, Kristoff <laughs> gets Lindy's MVP. What about you, Todd? Um, that's, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, again, like Lindy, it's been a long time, uh, since, since I've seen it, but I do think, a, uh, I think again, Lindy and I are kind of in luck stuff. I, I like Christoph a lot. I think Christoph is like a, a fun, a, uh, you know, romantic interest. Who's also like pretty, pretty good as the, the and this is why he doesn't deserve him. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a, the good comedic relief as well. Uh, so I think Kristoff is probably be like one of one of my favorite characters. And what about songs? Do you have one off the top of your head, or are you like neutral uh, to that? I question? mean, everyone uh, everyone knows "Let It Go" and "Let It Go" is like super catchy thing. But I think "Love Is an Open Door." Okay, is just a, a fun song. Yeah, uh, and they sang that this episode. Yeah, it's it's, it's in, in the episode, but I think it's it's a really fun song. And I also like I love I love Kristen Bell. So that's that's got to be. I love that she gets to be funny. It's got to be funny in that song. So that definitely. Yeah. Uh, I feel like no one talks about Lost in the Woods, the 80s rock ballad that Kristoff sings in Frozen 2. I love that one. Um, but y'all are sleeping on my guy, Olaf. Go watch Olaf tell Disney movie stories that they dropped in Thanksgiving last year. He tells like five-minute recaps of what happened in each uh, Disney movie inspired by in Frozen 2 where he's telling the plot of the first one. And he's like, uh, he talks about how Elsa and Anna's parents go on a trip and then it cuts and he's like, and they die. <laughs> I, I, I do enjoy Olaf. Olaf is, is fun. I was I, I I remember liking Olaf too, but I wasn't sure how much I liked him. Again, okay. it's it's been years. Um, in terms of the song, I just looked up the soundtrack on Spotify and <laughs> <laughs> trying to remember based on the titles. Um, I think "Love Is an Open Door" is stuck in my head because they did it on um the show um recently, so I like that well. one. Um, I'm also seeing the one called For the First Time in Forever. I can kind of hear the chorus in my head. So I think yeah. I like that one too. <laughs> okay. They did, that, was the, that was the audition song. That might be why it's like semi-fresh in you because they did it as one of the audition songs. In this yeah, show. they did that. And do you want to build a snowman as a mashup in the audition? Uh, the the Love is an Open Door one? No, For the First no, the, Time the, in the first Forever. Oh, they forever. did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't notice that, but I think I like that one. For the Perfect. First Time in Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I gotta All listen right. to the Frozen soundtrack. <laughs> Do y'all have anything else to add about HSM TMTS? Final thoughts that you want to get on the board before we start getting into plugs? Uh, I do want to say that uh, even though I have come out uh, kind of sounding down on this, I, I still enjoy the show. Uh, I, the show still like makes me laugh. I still enjoy hanging out with these characters. It's just kind of like with Felipe. It's like I, it's not 
a, a you know living up to what the first two seasons were for me. I think that it's like some disappointment over over it not kind of living up to what it has been for the last couple of seasons. So also, I, I do. I I am you know I'm along for the ride. I I will, I'm going to stick it out and hope that they can course correct a little bit. But uh, overall, I still I still enjoy the show. I mean, I think there is something to be said about hate podcasting, but I don't think you're here to hate podcast about this show. I think you generally enjoy the show. And that's why I do this podcast, because I love the show uh, for all its flaws. I love critiquing it. I love celebrating it. Um, but yeah, like I watch the episodes at least twice, sometimes three times a week for the podcast. So it's like there's holes to pick, nitpick. But I think we all generally love the show, so uh i appreciate you sharing that and just want to emphasize that we all love the show otherwise i would not be spending the time that i put into this podcast uh series to do it so lindy what about you any final thoughts yeah my final thoughts are i think this show is really fun i enjoy it every week um and i miss miss jen i i hope we get to see her more in the future um if not this season the next and also, just my final thought is Gina is a star. I love her so much. Yes, and I can't wait to see where Sophia's career takes her. I think she's going to be, like, she could be the next, like, Disney Channel star to break into the mainstream. I, I, I'm confident in that. Like, obviously, Olivia Rodrigo, in the musical sense, has done that. But I think Gina or Sophia Wiley could be the next big jump to acting. Excuse me. Now, tell us where people can keep up with you all. And most importantly, where they can listen to you two every week. Uh, fight Adam H on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> our, Lindy. <laughs> yeah, our podcast is called One Indescribable Podcast, and we are recapping every single episode of Crazy Ex Girlfriend, uh, which was a show on the CW for four seasons. We are currently in season four of our recaps, but you can always hop in there or start from the beginning. Uh, it's really fun. It's me, Todd, and Adam. Uh, Todd makes a quiz every episode for us. Adam and I fight all the time. It's just a really uh, fun time. Uh, so definitely check us out. You can, I think, find it anywhere you get your podcasts. So definitely check us out. And our uh, Twitter for the podcast is at 1CXG Podcast. That's O-N-E-C-X-G Podcast. Yes. Todd, do you any, have anything other to add other than what Lindy just added? Yeah, uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Librarian Todd because Todd Librarian is too many characters. Uh, I also appear once or twice a month uh, playing a Wheel of Time-based Dungeons & Dragons game over on twitch.tv slash dmphilly. Uh, and I also recently, I've been on a couple of Potion Recaps podcasts. I was on a recap of Pretty Little Liars Original Sin, Episode 6, and a recap of The Sandman, Episode 5. So you can Ooh, find me that. there over at Post Show Recaps. And Lindy, did you plug your Twitter? Oh, it's at TV Lindy, TVLindy. Love it. Uh, in terms of the Brazilian Dragon podcast, we're doing High School Musical, the musical series right now. That's our biggest focus. Hopefully next week, Adam and I, Autumn, sorry, not Adam, too many. Autumn and I will be back to recap some more Total Drama Island. We're winding down season one. Uh, also tonight in a couple hours, I'm going to be joined by the great, Lisa Holmes of Survivor New Zealand fame to talk about Scooby-Doo, Abracadabra Doo on the Scooby Snacks and Chats feed. Uh, otherwise, you can stay tuned into the Pod Talk Jam and Break podcast for both our podcast uh, franchise, uh, the Pod Talk Jam and Break, plus the Brazilian Dragon, as well as one indescri- indescribable podcast. 
Go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review. It helps us attract new listeners and spread the love to everyone that is interested in these TV shows. Uh, do we have a hashtag? Nope. <laughs> hashtag man or deer. I was going to say that. I was going to say hashtag man or deer. <laughs> yeah, so let's do hashtag man or deer. Also, my regular social media is at what the fleet, but follow the Brazilian Dragons podcast at Brazil Dragon Pod. Uh, until next time, everyone, hashtag man or deer. Get your head in the game. Bye. It's out with the old and in with the new. Goodbye, clouds of gray. Hello, skies of blue. A dip in the pool, a trip to the spa, endless days in my chaise, the whole world according to moi. Excuse me. Thank you. Ice tea imported from England. Lifeguards imported from Spain. Towels imported from Turkey. And Turkey imported from Team.